Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We're estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven people who are killing it in life. They deserve to be celebrated, and on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and in between our interview episodes, we'll have Beauty School, where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and learning more about one another, because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So, why not talk about all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Plus, we'll be answering listener questions, so be sure to write us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. Oh, hey guys. Hey, it's Elizabeth and Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. That's gorgeous. It sounded like mail time. Yes. I didn't see... For the record, I never watched Blue's Clues. I, I was know. watching The Real World when I was like nine. I know. I didn't watch Blue's <laughs> Clues. My sister was Alex's age, and that's the only reason that I do know about it. Shout out to Jess, but I'm shocked that you don't know what they're talking about. Also, I wish that I did see Steve's little video. I tried to watch it, but I was like... Mm. I tried to watch it too, but it didn't like resonate with me, I guess, because I wasn't into watching that show. Yeah, me too. I just didn't care that much. <laughs> anyway, guys, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Welcome. Uh, We're excited welcome. to talk to you today. Yes. We have a really cool interview for you with Liz Lowe. She is the head coach and founder of Scorch Fitness, mm-hmm. which is a gym based down in Florida. Mm-hmm. But she also has an app, so actually anyone can work out with her. And they're expanding. The gym soon enough isn't only going to be just in Florida. Yeah. They're opening franchises, so if you guys... I'm not sure where they're opening franchises, but... <laughs> maybe near you. She's 33, and she's been in the fitness industry since she was a kid. Yes. She's been fucking powerlifting since she's 13. Yes, her parents are both athletes, and they encouraged her to, you know, work on her mental health shit through athletics, through working out, like, anxiety, or, you know, she discussed being bullied as a kid, and what a great way to work through mental health issues, honestly. Mm-hmm. And we talk about some cool shit with Liz. We talk yeah. about how the fitness industry has been evolving and how... There is more emphasis put on being strong and not as much emphasis always being put on losing weight, being Mm -hmm. thin, or just 
not that being thin is bad, but just having to look a certain way. And just being healthy. And mm-hmm. and it kind of sounds, she didn't expressly say this, but a little bit more um, leaning towards the democratization, I think, of fitness. Just making it yes. more available to everybody and not so much about, you know, we talked about the traditional fitness industry and how they, you know, look at you first through like what you don't like about yourself like let's talk about all the ways you're terrible and we can fix it in the gym and how like that doesn't speak to a lot of people certainly didn't speak to me but also how Liz don't like that shit and how she's trying to change it through the culture at her gym which is awesome yeah and using fitness as a way to feel great about yourself not only to look good a hundred percent the complete opposite those things happen and like she says when you show your body love it shows it back to you sure does and so i agree with that i think that if you do things that are a representation of you loving yourself loving your body nourishing it all these things then yeah i think everything falls into place Mm -hmm. instead of it coming from a place of like i hate my body i need to change it yes because as we know that just creates this like vicious fucking cycle totally most of the time that was one of my favorite things talking to liz was just talking about the mental changes that start to take place once you begin to strengthen your body like how you strengthen your mind also and all these incredible things start to happen yeah I'm She's really awesome. Now. You guys Aww. will hear me crying later. It was so yeah, we talk, It's a really a great chat. I hope you all enjoy it. Yes, for as sure. As much as we did. Yeah, we loved it, guys. Enjoy our conversation. See you after. I'll see you after. My name is Liz Lowe. I am the founder and co-owner of Scorch Fitness, a high-intensity interval-based gym in Sarasota, Florida. So what we do is we take athletic strength and conditioning and we modify it for the everyday person based on their goals, ability levels, and previous injury history. So wherever anyone is in their life, they can still train like an athlete and train effectively and accomplish their goals. I think that is so different because I feel like I've definitely been, I've like gone to a spin class and like no one's asked if there's any injuries that anyone has. Mm -hmm. And it's like spin is really intense. You should probably want to know if someone's like hurt their hip in the past or I, and I always thought that was strange actually, because it's the same as like before I do someone's eyebrows, I'm like, do you have any allergies? (laughs) Exactly. Like a similar thing. And so, and that's one of the big things. So my degree is actually in athletic training, which is basically like sports medicine. Mm. So I actually worked in physical therapy clinics before I got into the gym industry. And so one of the biggest things that I would get is, okay, they come in broken and I have to fix them. So that was kind of the start of the methodology that we use in our gym was me thinking like, okay, every single person is different. They could have had injuries. They might be afraid of certain injuries. What's different about them? And then how can I modify the program for them? Mm. Yeah, I feel like that's huge, especially if you're going to like offer your classes to people of all ages. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, God, I'm in my 30s and my body already feels different than it did in my 20s. <laughs> and my workouts have definitely changed accordingly. Oh, yeah. I, I'm 33 now. And um, I was a, a Division One track athlete in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will tell you right now, I used to think to myself, I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm genetically, I'm going to be fine. I won't be in pain. And I'm 33 now. And I'm like, I get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't move. Yeah, oh it comes fast. Nobody really tells you <laughs> how, fast. yeah. And that's why I think that, like, I don't know, I'm very comfortable saying we have a lot of cl- – everybody seems to be 27 right now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the world, but everybody at least who comes through here seems to be 27, and I'm 35. So I'm just like, oh, my God, dude, you're young. And I'm really 
fine <laughs> calling myself old. And I say it in a way in which, like, it's just different. 35 mm-hmm. is not fucking 25. And people talk about it, but you don't really realize it until you're 35 and you feel mentally like you're 25. But, like, your body, oh, no, girl. Your body's 35. <laughs> and you feel it. Especially in the oh, winter yeah. in New York. Well, I was going to say hormonally after our 30s is, um, so and that's why they say like, for instance, like when a woman wants to get pregnant and they're like, oh, 35 is considered a geriatric pregnancy. Our hormones change in our 30s and that directly affects our joints, that directly affects our hormone levels that decide if we lose weight or if we gain weight or if we lose body fat or if we gain muscle or we don't. So that happens in our 30s. And I think a lot of people, because we still feel mentally young, Mm -hmm. we forget that. We're like, no, I'm like 22 on the inside. And then our bodies are like, no, you're not. Yeah, totally. So what was your journey to becoming like the person that you are today with a fitness app Mm -hmm. and a fitness studio and everything like have did you come from an athletic family is like fitness and athletics something that came naturally to you or like what was sort of your journey to getting yourself here so fitness for me was actually a coping mechanism so I when I was young I battled major anxiety and depression issues And this could have been because of hormonal. It could have been because of things going on in my family. So I really used sports, especially track and field, as just my outlet to Mm -hmm. just get away and kind of just like literally beat the crap out of myself so that I didn't like feel necessarily. Mm. Fast forward to now being an adult, I can see where it was a healthy coping mechanism, but sometimes not so healthy because sometimes we can take one situation and make it just as bad, but just in another way. Totally. So that was how I got into running, weightlifting. I started competing in powerlifting when I was 13 years old. I did Olympic lifting when I was 15. And I worked my tail off because I knew I wouldn't be able to afford college if I didn't get an athletic scholarship. Mm -hmm. So I just trained my face off. (laughs) So then I did end up going at D1 in college. Uh, I was lucky that my dad was a competitive powerlifter, so he was able to teach me when I was young. And then my mom was a triathlete, so wow. I had the running side. Totally. For you growing up, was it weird to be a woman in sports? or was I mean, obviously not because but your parents are both athletes, you're an athlete. But did the rest of the world sort of give you a hard time being a few, especially powerlifter? I feel like traditionally speaking – you know, as women, we're not told to necessarily lift heavy things. We're told like or the to, like, exact opposite. Or to, 100%. We were just talking about how it's like the goal is to be as waif-like and frail as possible so that <laughs> somebody can just come and lift you up and take care of you and you can never fight back for anything. So yeah. I love that you clearly had like the opposite mentality or was were told the opposite. But was there any pushback in your life from anybody else? huge pushback so up until so I was pretty decent at sports even in elementary school and middle school and uh, the way that people would make fun of me is they'd ask me if I was a boy or a girl oh dude and uh, because there's like obviously you're not a girl if you can do that exactly like why are you trying to be a boy you must be a boy like bullying yes and thankfully and this was again like with the whole anxiety and depression stuff it was one of those things where I thought to myself, okay, if I can be strong in the gym, then I can be emotionally strong or I can make strong decisions for myself. And I would, I kind of used humor to brush it off and all that kind of stuff. But it was as an adult, I looked back and I said, what kind of got me through that? Because to be a young girl 
and to be made fun of by girls for being strong. And I mean, I was tiny too. So it's not like I was like super jacked with muscles. I was probably underweight in all honesty. Mm-hmm. It just genetically, I was stronger. And so, but that whole, that bullying aspect of like, oh, you're so manly. You look like a boy. It didn't help that I had a, like a bowl haircut, but it was easier <laughs> to deal with the sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Even if like you did look like a boy, and you were strong like a boy. Like, what's so wrong with that? Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying yeah. to, like, egg on, but also just, like, the fact that that would be, like, such an awful thing for a woman to have masculine traits is just, like, another symptom of, like, the larger problem, right? It's, like... Mm-hmm. And by, I was actually surprised to hear... I thought you were going to say, like, boys were saying this, but that girls were saying this to you. It's not surprising, because I was just telling Alex how I had a traumatic experience seeing a bunch of little girls in Central Park the other day being, like, taken back to childhood and being, like, oh, my God, kids are so mean. But it's still a little bit shocking that, like, girls were making yeah, fun you of think you for being so strong. Yeah, they'd be like, so oh, strong. that's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, girls can do whatever boys can totally. do. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, polar opposite. And I don't know if it was because, like, we were, like, in the 90s. Like, this is in the 90s when, like, strong wasn't the thing. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, yeah, no, it was always the girls who would just, like, harp on me and be mean to me and exclude me from groups. And and it's funny because I wonder why it didn't affect me more. And I literally think it was just because I was putting all of my energy into athletics and trying to better myself and get to literally being able to go to college. Totally. Yeah. Did you have that goal at such a young age? Did you just know that like, I had like, fuck these people, I'm gonna get out of here. And this is my path out. Or was it more so as you buried yourself in sports, the realization came that like, this could be my path out? the realization came afterwards. I think when I was younger, like young, young, it was more for anger management purposes in Mm. all honesty. So it was that, that internal, like, like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go out and run around the block or I'm going to go and I'm going to go swim laps Mm -hmm. or I'm going to go do something. And thankfully my parents were supportive of that. They'd drop me off at the pool or they'd say like, go around the block, don't get kidnapped. And (laughs) just outrun the kidnapper. (laughs) Yeah. You could probably kick a kidnapper's ass anyway. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Like you said, you know, too much of a good thing is never great, but I love that you had that coping mechanism to deal with all of these, you know, terrible things that are probably universal human problems, like to be, you know, picked on and teased and everything. But like, that's awesome. That you had such a healthy outlet for it all. Oh yeah. And and now, so associated with Scorch. So obviously I own like an actual brick and mortar gym. However, we have a nonprofit called Scorch Community and we actually work with Girls Inc., Boys and Girls Club and a lot of underserviced youth. And we actually bring them into the gym and we teach them that strong can be for anybody. And we work with girls and boys, mostly high school level, that age where they kind of like get forgotten about. Mm. And uh, we do strength and conditioning with them. We do goal setting. We do journaling. We do all this so- like healthy mindset stuff. And so we do that constantly year rounds now just because I saw one of how it impacted me when I was younger and it's just something else that we can do out of our gym. Totally. I really love that. That's awesome. I think that, right, like if you, like you were raised with fitness being kind of a part of your life, but like if you aren't, you don't even know. I mean, I didn't get into like exercise of any kind until I was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I'm still not in exercise of any kind, <laughs> which is like, but that's you one of the reasons lot. I was, I mean, I do walk. A, okay. So this is something that I'm kind of interested in speaking about today because I mean, we're all kind of the same age, but like growing up thinking about working out, thinking about exercise, like the goal of exercise was to lose weight, you know, like it was never 
just because it's good for you to move. It was never because you have, because like your situation, you know, anger management or dealing with anxiety or dealing with emotions, which like, God, I've got so much fucking anxiety, dude. I wish I, and my dad's very athletic. It's not his fault. I, (laughs) (laughs) he tried. I just didn't bite, but I, I never looked at it like as just this way to, to be healthy. It was always a way to lose weight. And the two things were never one and the same for me anyway, losing weight and being healthy. And so I'm curious, I guess, because I don't know. I think it's important to just talk about like exercising for the sake of moving your fucking body and not exercise to lose weight. Because I'm somebody who like doesn't I don't go to the gym because I just never felt like it was a like a welcoming community for me. Like nobody ever made me feel that way. I just never felt like, oh, I want to go, you know, put on that outfit and go hang out with those people and look in the mirror. I don't know. It just never felt like it was for me, right? Yeah. But I wish that it did feel like it was for me because I want to stay alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, at the end of the day, that's how you do it is you keep your body moving. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, and obviously we need you to answer that, but I just want to say one thing. That same, like, growing up in the 90s, I mean, all, like, the teen magazines I was reading, which I started reading them when I was too young to be reading them. I was, like, 11 but the magazine would always have some sort of workout, but yes. it was always sit-ups. Yeah, with like a weight loss situation in mind. It was never that I can remember. You know, that was at least the part that I soaked in. It was never just like it's really good to move your body every day for X, Y, Z. You know, and I think that it is starting to shift to that now. Yeah, is it? You tell us. Yeah. So <laughs> this is this is my take on all this, and this is what I'm super passionate about. So. The fitness industry as a whole, unfortunately, I'm okay. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not a big fan of the fitness industry. I actually hate the fitness industry. <laughs> like I despise girl. it. Oh, love it, it was originally built on uh, like demoralizing goals. So you'd think like, okay, I suck, so I need to lose five pounds, so I'm gonna go to the gym, or I don't look like that person, so that's why I don't have that boyfriend, so I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna work out. And so you found what was wrong with you first, Mm -hmm. then after you found what was wrong with you, then you tried to find a workout program or a nutrition program to fix it. So that was the whole, that was like step one was just terrible. It's like, okay, let's see why I suck. So now when I, and that's how how the fitness industry to me, I saw when I was younger too started. So how we approach it at Scorch and how I talk to all my clients about it is it's what's your true why? Okay. So maybe I want to live longer anti-aging, finding a why that's going to make it that you actually truly want to get up and go to the gym. I mean, exercise is hard. Mm -hmm. Like you get sweaty and it's exhausting. And like, and I'm someone who does it every single day. And I'm still going to tell you, like, I don't like jump out of bed in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to go do a workout. I'm like, here we go again. But my why is so much bigger than aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I hope the fitness industry is turning into now. And I'm starting to see it. But over the last 20 years that I've been in this industry, and I say that because I started at 13 years old doing powerlifting. Wow. And I was made fun of for lifting heavy and deadlifting and squatting and all this kind of stuff. And so now at least like all these like hot chicks on Instagram are all like doing their deadlifts mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm like, yeah, power to you. Yeah. But it's, it's that idea that we used to take a negative aspect of ourselves and then we would create a goal off of it. 
versus we should choose, look at the things that are amazing in our lives and say, how can we be better for them? And we all know that exercise can make us better in the long run, whether it's mentally better, whether it's physically better, whether it's you're making better decisions because you're happy with yourself because you got up and did one thing in the morning for yourself and now you can take care of your family for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So I do see it changing. I think the fitness industry, unfortunately, has a long way to go, especially with social media and people visually like editing their photos for their tinier waist and all these things. And you can get a tiny waist, you can get six pack abs, you can look a certain way, but that's going to come from consistency in a training program. So the best idea is to find a training program that fits your why, like who you are, what you stand for. I really like drinking beers. So I'm going to find a training program that makes it so I can have a couple beers at night. Yeah, yeah. So it's finding those things and saying, okay, these are my whys. This is my lifestyle. This is what I love to do. I, I'm, I'm going to keep it. And then uh, finding something, then all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, wait, this workout program or this nutrition program fits into my life now. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm healthier. Now I feel better. Now I'm happier. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that the industry continues to push towards that. Again, it's got a long way to go, but I think that it's definitely changed a lot in the last like 15 to 20 years. Totally. When Elizabeth and I were talking to this nutritionist, we were talking about exercise and movement. And I was saying how for myself, it's changed a lot as I've now entered my 30s. I don't just feel like, oh, this is to like stay at a certain weight or look a certain way. It's more like I would like to move into old age feeling good. Mm -hmm. And I know that moving helps with that. And thinking back to when I was reading those teen magazines, I do hope that like the youth today maybe can have that mindset. Well, too, is I think it's like, you know, we're in a place, you know, within your 30s where it's like you're still young enough to like make changes, but like old enough to see maybe like the error of your ways, but also like what the old fogies are talking about. Like, okay, this is what they mean by X, Y, and Z. But I think too is like, we're also at an age where you kind of see people around you deteriorating a little bit, you know, whether it's like friends, family, whatever, some a little bit too young. Some is just like, that person's only in their forties. Like these shouldn't be happening. Some old, you know, you're just like, we're aware of age, very aware of like mortality and age. And so I'm just realizing that like, in order to do anything, like you have to have your health, and in order to have your health, you got to be able to move. And it's just, it's all one and the same. Do you know? It's like, I think that I won't speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself. I've always kind of just looked at these two things as like separate, like health, I guess, and like fitness, which is, it sounds, it's so fucking counterintuitive when I say it out loud. That sounds so stupid. But it's just like, it's just living it. You know what I mean? These two things are like one and the same, and it's called life. It's called, bitch, you want to live past 50? You got to get up and do something. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you got to you got to watch what you eat. You got to drink the water. You got to do the things. It's like, you know, we all talk about, you know, YOLO and live and we're all going to live to 100. But it's like like anything else, you got to put in the work. At least take a walk. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't usually have that epiphany until something terrible happens. They have a, a health issue. They have a near-death experience. They, they have something crazy happening to them. And then all of a sudden they wake up. And that's the story that you hear yeah. a lot. So hoping and helping our generation, like the people like us, like in our late 20s, our early 30s, into our 40s, like how can we reach that next point in life and say, you know what, I'm just going to train for my health and my longevity um, without having this like horrible 
like life event happen to us. Like we yeah. don't want to get to that point. Totally. And I wish more people would think about that because some it's usually the reality check that brings them into it. So, but that's, but again, like you said, like the difference you were saying, you're like, okay, I always thought fitness and like health were separate. Well, unfortunately the fitness industry has really driven us to believe that fitness is separate because you've got fad diets that take you literally from like eating normal food to taking away every little nutrient you can think of or dropping your calories or increasing your calories or eating a ton of fat or, or not eating a ton of fat and eating a ton of protein. And then you have workout programs that are like, you should do two workouts a day and like screw your job and your family and everything else you've got <laughs> going on. Like you are going to work out for four hours a day and have no life, but it'll make you happy because you'll have abs by the end of it. Right. And then right. you realize they are like, wait a second, that's not possible. Like I have to go to work to make money. So I can have a house. I can't live in a box. <laughs> like, cool. I'm going to live in a box, but I'm going to Right, right. Where's the, yeah. Like, what do you do? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think too, with social media and like, I mean, I think social media also can be really great, but it's just so easy to get caught up in like all these different fads or, you know, and maybe it's for some people, it's great. They learn different workouts. Maybe that's how they figure out a workout that they love that they'll really stick to. But I have to imagine, too, it can make people really obsessive. <laughs> totally. And it's like, I don't know. I think you what you were saying before about like the fitness, or like the reversed mindset within the fitness industry is like, what do you hate about yourself? Then let's fix it. It's really spot on. It's like I don't the, the women that I think of when I think of people who are like obsessed with their bodies, it's like so unattractive you know and it's like whatever attraction isn't anything but it's just like I don't know it's just like why are you obsessing over this I guess what I'm saying is it's like it's one thing to want to be healthy but it's another thing to like have this obsession over this unattainable thing and for what when there's all these other things in your life that are great or that you could be happy about so that's what I've actually dealt with a ton just being within the industry that I am in I have trained over 10,000 people wow so between uh, I've opened gyms for other companies I obviously own my own gym I have create all the programs and I have coaches who teach the programs we have an app that is nationwide and so what I've noticed though is is that the majority of people actually start with that they're like well, I am so obsessed with looking a certain way. And what they really have to understand is, is that, and most people haven't realized this yet, is that there's a, a deeper why to why do you need to? And so I always try to break it down with people. They're like, well, I need to have six pack abs because that's my goal. I go, okay, awesome, cool. You want abs. So uh, why are you going to feel better when you have abs? Well, because I'll look leaner in the mirror and that'll make me feel better about myself. Okay, cool. Why don't you feel better about yourself right now? Oh, well, someone mentioned to me the other day that I didn't look the same in my clothes. Okay, cool. Why don't you go buy new clothes? Well, I really want to be skinny because my husband likes when I'm skinny. Well, why would your husband care? Well, my husband cheated on me. And actually, so you, know, you, yeah. you go like down, you just ask him why, why, why 10,000 yeah. times. Yeah. And you really dive into what the heck actually happened. Mm -hmm. So that could be something from childhood. It could be limiting beliefs. It could be whatever it is. But there's always that little nugget of information. Then it's like, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I tell people, like, I refer my therapist to everybody. I'm like, so this is my therapist. She's <laughs> great. Love you it. should talk to her. Yes, yes. Um, but it's true. But that's what, that's yes. unfortunately, we've taken aesthetics and we think that it can fix all the other issues totally. in our lives. Yeah. It's true. Well, it's even, okay, so Elizabeth does microblading. She tattoos people's eyebrows mm -hmm. as part of her living. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's similar 
with your microblading clients where you're just like, okay, because it is a pretty permanent thing that you're doing to your fucking oh, face. Oh, I turn people away all the time. So she gets down to the all bottom the of like, what's making you want to do this, you know, because I'm not this isn't going to fix all your life exactly. problems. Exactly. I'm not going to, you're, exactly. You're not calling me because you're mad about your husband, but one eyebrow didn't heal correctly. No, 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 no. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking on that, that pain. Do you know what I mean? So before I even touch your skin, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's figure that out. <laughs> because, you know, it's But it's so to, similar. Yeah, yeah. I think just as humans, you know, there are a lot of things in our lives that are out of our control. So we go to these things to mm-hmm. control it. And I think... I'm sure a lot of people use exercise as that, which I mean, you did. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also turned into a really positive thing. So, yeah, I think that's awesome that you've used your gym to promote that, to promote, you know, that it's not just about like getting a six pack. Within your app, what are your sort of like goals? Because there's like lots of fitness apps, right? So like, what is it that made you want to go from beyond just being a gym owner and sharing this with your clients to wanting to start like an entire app? Like what's, tell us about what makes that so special and what makes you passionate about it? So we really got into the app when COVID came about just because it was like that big swerve, like, hey, we're shut down. Like, what are we going to do? But I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So after I finished college, I worked in physical therapy clinics, but I also got to work for a uh, sports performance facility, a very, very well-known one globally. Mm -hmm. And I worked with professional athletes. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Like I have a rehab degree. So I got to work with these high caliber athletes all the time. And these are people with like 20 million, 50 million, hundred million dollar contracts. And, uh, they literally, our goal as trainers or strength coaches was to make sure that they didn't get injured. And we had these amazing programs for them and we took the best care of them. And then I would go to like physical therapy and see how we took care of people. And it was like terrible how we took care of the general population and the everyday person. Mm. We were giving them random stretches, random exercises. And I was seeing it with personal trainers too, because I employ personal trainers and it was just making stuff up at the drop of a hat, people getting injured, people doing things they shouldn't be doing. So the app gives us the ability to uh, put our programs out there, which again can be modified for every single person based on goals, ability levels, previous injury history. And it gives us the opportunity to give the everyday person the actual athletic training that a pro athlete is getting and a pro athlete is getting safe, effective workouts that actually do something positive for their body. They don't beat the crap out of them. They can't not get out of bed the next day. They can get up and perform every single day. So that was the idea of the app was like, how can we get Scorch out to more people? We are opening more brick and mortar, actual physical locations, but until we, until the franchise kind of starts to take off and with COVID, we don't know what's happening obviously Mm -hmm. because it's, none of us know what's happening yeah so in the meantime we're just going to keep pushing the app and saying like hey okay you have a gym membership or you don't have any equipment we even have programs that you can do in your living room with your body weight so it depends on what you have and then the app's actually really cool you can like go in and like change exercises and you can like track your data and i can actually see it on my end so, but when you have like a thousand that's people cool. and you're looking at it, you're like, oh God, <laughs> well, everybody's doing everything wrong. <laughs> but I think that's awesome. I just think it's huge because I have an old shoulder injury. So I think it's really important for people. Like, obviously I can still work out. I can still do upper body things. But if I were to go do a new workout, it would be really nice to just be like somewhat guided. Like, oh, totally. okay, you probably should stay away from this shit because 
of your old shoulder injury, whatever. I think that's huge. And I think also some people get really discouraged when they get injured and don't work out because of it. Well, I mean, I'm also just like a dumbass who doesn't, I'm so uncoordinated with my body and I didn't, like my boyfriend who's like way more athletic than I am, always makes fun of me. He's just like, you are so uncoordinated. And like, yeah, I'm a little clumsy, but I didn't really understand what he meant until I started taking Pilates and they'd be like, okay, do this. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like squeeze what muscle? And so then I understood like, yes, not as in tune to this body that I love as I thought. So my point is that when I do go, when I get like encouraged to exercise, what the fuck do I know if I'm doing it right? Me who's never been in a gym, who's not even looking in a mirror, who's like, just woke up this morning and thought, you know what? Let me try trap Pilates. That's got to be on the internet somewhere. So to like have an app where somebody can like actually help you and be like, hey, girl, probably don't want to break your back that way. <laughs> or like help you adjust and like probably make you feel not like a dumbass. Because like I think deep down when we talk about fear, right? Like why are people afraid of things? It's like fear of like rejection from other people and like deep down that's why i don't go to the gym i don't want you looking at me and being like this dumb bitch she's what she's never been to a gym definitely anytime like before going to a new workout class or a new yoga class i have lots of anxiety you know so it sounds like you can do this in the comfort of your own home and still get those adjustments that you need yeah so and the biggest thing too about about scorch in general is that scorch is all about education like educating the client and the individual that walks into my gym about their body and how it moves and someone using the app even like our videos like every single exercise obviously has a video you can watch and it has me doing all the coaching cues and so in the sense of like you're like well why the heck do i have to get the weight in my heels on a squat okay well so you don't have knee injuries in the long run and all this stuff and so but education and making sure that you as the and we call everyone athletes but you as the athlete um can literally learn something from us and then maybe you are going to go to a new class and you know like you know what I shouldn't do that because I've learned about my body and I know that I can't do that movement or I know I can make this movement harder because this is like what I'm really good at or and so that's the goal of the app and that's the goal of the gym is to educate the consumer and educate the person coming in on how they move how they move efficiently so that they can move that way for the rest of their lives I love that that too i'm losing my knees <laughs> i need them we'll take care of your knees yeah, you need your knees I you need, need them. Your knees. you need everything you need all the stuff please i need the things i'm too, too young to be <laughs> can't break down yet I really wanted to bring something up that we had talked about when we had chatted the other day was about, well, you had a baby. Wait, you said she's three months, right? Yeah, she's three and a half months. Oh my God, Brand so new. new. But how was that for you? I mean, you've always been super active. How was it during your pregnancy? And do you have any advice for anybody about, I'm sure it's so different from person to person, but just like general advice for exercise when you're pregnant or after giving birth because I'm sure things are just different things are extremely different and I wasn't (laughs) even ready for it so I'm one of those type of people that said like I'm never having children and I'm never going down that road and blah 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 and not because I don't like kids but just because it was just not in my like I'm very like methodical like okay we're gonna do this and then it's gonna go to this and then we're gonna build Mm -hmm. this so 
end up obviously getting pregnant. <laughs> and I would say, honestly, the one thing I wish people had told me, because everyone went into this being like, wow, you're going to be able to work out for your entire pregnancy because you're already so fit and blah, 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 blah. I felt like garbage <laughs> during my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure I didn't work out from like when I found out. That's not true. When I found out, I went straight to the gym and worked out because I didn't know what to do. With <laughs> You're myself. like, I gotta do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I didn't. I felt like garbage until week 19. So I worked out from week 19 till week 29, and that's the only time I worked out. And then after that, my body, my hips hurt. Like I was tired. I wanted to take a nap. So it got to the point where I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to listen to my body Mm -hmm. because uh, when it comes down to it, like this is a new experience. I'm creating a life right now. That takes a lot of energy. I'm going to feed myself healthy foods. I'm going to sleep when I need to sleep. And I'm just going to take care of myself in the way that I know best how. And so even though I'm a fitness professional and I've been in this industry forever and I'm a gym owner, Mm -hmm. I wasn't freaking out about getting my workouts in. And I think that's a big issue with a lot of women is they're like, oh no, I need, I need to work out during my pregnancy so that I don't have to lose as much weight afterwards. Your body's going to, as long as you're not like sitting there binge eating like pints of Ben and Jerry's and eating entire pizzas, your body's going to regulate itself. It's going to gain weight as it's necessary for your child. Mm -hmm. So I gained 35 pounds with my pregnancy. And then within two weeks, I lost 31 pounds. Whoa. Yeah, I thought I was broken. I actually thought I was sick. I was like, there's got to be something wrong with me. (laughs) There wasn't, but everybody's body is different. And so... I had a lot of muscle on me anyways, just from 17 years of weightlifting. Totally. So uh, my metabolism never ended up slowing down. The hormones, I actually had the best skin ever during my pregnancy. Mm, I don't know how it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe you guys can tell me how my skin is so amazing. Dude, everybody's so different. It's so, I mean, that's the thing with pregnancy. I've never been pregnant, but that's from what I understand speaking with different women is they're just like, it's all so different, you know? Everybody, some people, it's fantastic. Some people feel so fucking great when they're pregnant because they're hormones. And, like, I heard on some podcast recently that this person was saying, Do you know, when I'm pregnant, it's the only time my ADD isn't kicking in and I can finally focus. You know, like, who knows? It's because crazy. your body is just fucking working to keep this whole rock spinning. Oh, yeah. My stepmom had some health issues prior to being pregnant that, like, completely went away when she was pregnant. So crazy. It's interesting how your body... And then some people have shit skin during pregnancy. Totally, exactly. And I think, I guess that's what my point is. It's just like, women's, from what I understand, they're all so different. They're all so, so different. And you just said that you never thought you were going to be pregnant. So let me not, like, go ahead and take myself (laughs) down that route. But, like, wasn't ever planning on experiencing that. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But it'll be different from yours, too. Hopefully my skin's gorgeous. It's shit right now. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Just in regular, I regular honestly, life. I swear, I had acne. Like, I got acne in my 20s. And I'm yeah, like, what so is so common. This? And Same then Z's. literally, like, I got pregnant. And all of a sudden, I was, like, glowy and dewy. And, like, it was it was hilarious. But I think it's Aww. funny because what you were saying is, like, obviously, every woman's pregnancy is different. But every woman's body is different, too. Totally. So if we take it back to, like, the fitness uh, world, like the workouts or the nutrition programs that work for me might work differently for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing to think about is like that comparison that we always do. So yes. when people look at me post-pregnancy, they like, I was body shamed. Like after I, I mean, 
listen, I lost a bunch of weight, but I still felt like garbage. So it was Just like, you can't this. win. You can't win. It's like, it's impossible to win on the internet. Cause if like you didn't, they'd be like, Oh, what your gym owner? Look, she's like so big. And you know, it's like, you can't it's win. So it's so fucked. What were people saying? Oh, they were saying, don't go out in public and show people what you look like because people realize it's not possible to like look like you. Of course you're skinny. Well, how else would that be? I had someone grab my stomach, <gasps> like literally like grab me. And I was like, what, what are you doing? And then other times people on the other end are like, are you eating? Because you know, you have to be able to like take care of your baby because I'm breastfeeding. So you're not going to be able to breastfeed your child because you're not eating enough. I'm like, bitch, I eat like 3000 calories a day. Wow. Oh my fucking God. You can't fucking win. I'm not going to lie. Can't win. The, the mom community on the internet, it seems shitty. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> no, but honestly, from what I understand, like the mom shaming that people have to deal, like that everybody, everybody, quote unquote, I'm not a fucking mom. What do I know? But the general consensus is like, there's a lot of mom shame on the internet and it's really, really unfortunate and surprising, but then it's not, it's not because you can't win as a woman. You just can't fucking win. But it's I'm sorry. It's so crazy that the other side of it would be like, oh, like, but you own a gym. Yeah. Why didn't you snap back after pregnancy? Totally. Yeah. Right. And that, and that's the thing is who knows, like I might've not been able to lose the weight immediately afterwards. And I wasn't even thinking about losing the weight. I was thinking about keeping this like little being alive totally. and like being like, what do I do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Muscle is incredible. I mean, oh, muscles. It's so incredible. It's awesome. And that you said it perfectly. You're like, I'm all muscle for 27 years. <laughs> that's why this <laughs> melted off of me. My baby ate it. That's why. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And when, and that's the one thing too, is, is that especially as we, as we get older and I mean, so we have this term at Scourge, it's called the deadlift effect. And so the whole idea is that by becoming physically stronger, you become stronger in all other areas of your life. So, and we use the deadlift because you're picking up dead weight off the ground. And that's kind of like how we handle life. We're like, we got a lot of dead weight around us and we're always picking it up. So the more efficient you become, the stronger you get, the easier everything else gets. And so that's where we talk about like this building muscle. And especially as females, we, every, again, every female's body is different. Some women are going to put on more muscle. Some women can't put on muscle at all. So it, it all depends. So I can say I lift really heavy and I can still be a size two or a four or a six versus one of my best friends from high school lifts really heavy and she looks like uh, one of the like CrossFit athletes who's like jacked out of her mind and we squat the same exact amount. Mm hmm. So you never know. But then again, it's embracing your body and saying like, you know what, this is my version of strong. This is me. This is yeah. what makes me happier. It makes me more efficient. It makes me wake up in the morning feeling good. And those are the things that we need to get people to start focusing on is how do you feel? Yes. Do you feel tired? Okay. Why are you tired? Is it because you're not eating? Let's go eat. Yes. It's so true. And something that I hate about, you know, diet culture and fat diets or whatever, whatever they are. It's just every, you said it perfectly. Like every body is different. Every body is so fucking different. Like my body, Alex knows, I fucking need protein, dude. I need protein three times a day and I need animal protein three times a day. So I could never be vegan. It's like, it just isn't for my body and that's fine. But when people start to like shame you, do you know what I'm saying? For like, for whatever reason, 
for whatever reason it is that you choose to eat or not eat anything. It's just so ridiculous because it's like, bitch, you don't know me. You don't wake up in my bed every day. You don't know how I feel. You don't know what it takes to turn this on. Do you know? Also, even thinking that, like, oh, I'm going to do the keto diet. It's just like, is that good for your brain? Is that, is it good for you? I don't even know what the keto diet, whatever it is, like these weird diets that people choose to like add or subtract food arbitrarily from their lives with no basis other than they saw it on Instagram. Right. Without thinking, like, what do I like to eat? What does my body <laughs> what need, makes me girl? Feel good? What does my, yes, how, what makes me feel good? Exactly what you were saying. What does my body need to work optimally? Yeah. I think also, I had a client one day. She was like, Carly, your arms are so toned. Meanwhile, it was like beginning of summer. Like, I don't think she'd ever seen my arms because she'd only <laughs> been a client of mine for like six months. She's like, What have you been doing? I'm like, Nothing different. Also, I then had to explain to her, I'm like, My upper body tones really easily. Because she was like, what workouts are you doing? You have to tell me. I have to do them. I'm like, that's just my body. I'm sure you could do the same workouts and it's not really going to make your arms look like that. Yeah. But my ass is full of cellulite. Like, it's just, that's just how my body is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, oh my ass is full of cellulite. <laughs> but I got what she was saying. It's like, you see something, you want to get it. So you do whatever they did to get it. Yeah. And then that just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no two bodies are alike. I have to imagine. I don't do what you do, so I don't know the facts and the science behind it, but that just makes sense to me. I'm like, just like genetically, that's an Dude, area of my body that tones. A hundred percent. Look, easy. I don't exercise. I'll be the first person. That's not true. Yeah, but I girls don't work got out. some fucking toned arms. You have toned I, arms. I, my, my dad's family is full of athletes. My dad's an athlete. My cousin's a 40-something-year-old marathon runner. My younger cousin was a junior Olympian. Ice, this like, bitch, because her skate. family exercises. No, but it's like, we, ha- no, but we have, like, we just have a very athletic build is my you point. Need, you need to come to Sarasota and train with me and we'll make you, oh. we'll make you an athlete. <laughs> You probably have this hidden potential that you have no idea about. I do. Like, a hundred families like running marathons. I know, and that's why I know deep in me. But my point, my point in saying all this is the same as you, Alex. People are always like, "What's the secret, girl? What are you doing? How do you exercise? How do you keep that body? You're so voluptuous." And it's like my mom has big tits. My dad has his athletic body. I got lucky. The genetic fucking lottery worked out in my favor. Toned arms, big titties. But you can't. That's nothing. <laughs> That, you know, that's my secret. I eat fucking Van Leeuwen's pints <laughs> once a week in she the bed. tuna melts. And I love tuna melts. That's my secret, girls. But it's like, I guess I say that because let's keep it honest. We're all fucking different. And, like, we should just be kind to ourselves. I guess that's it. Let's just be kind to ourselves and love our fucking bodies because on the inside, I'm tuna melting Van Leeuwen's ice cream. And I could probably use a little bit of exercise to, you know, keep my heart healthy. <laughs> but a bitch, you know, supposedly looks good. I don't know. If you love your body, your body will love you back. It's so, true. It knows I love it. It's so true. It gives me chills. It knows. It's so cheesy, it's like, but it does. It's like, girl, thank you for that ice cream. <laughs> right? It's like, if you hate on it all the time, it's not going to give you what you want it to. No. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where, and it's funny because, so even our thoughts affect our hormone levels. So you guys know that, that hormone cortisol, that's mm-hmm. like the stress hormone and all that kind of stuff. So we literally, we stimulate cortisol when we exercise. So when we over-exercise, our bodies become puffy and inflamed. And when we undereat, our bodies become puffy and inflamed. And when we do all these negative things to our body, we end up stimulating that stress hormone because we're stressing the heck out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. So you truly do need to do things that show your body love so that you're not stressing it out all the time and causing this hormonal imbalance Mm. and I think it's a science really so we can say like yeah it makes us feel good to say those things like love your body and I'll love you back but it's science too 
Yeah. So everyone else is like, just be nice to yourself. But I think loving your body also means listening to your body. What does your body need? Because like, yes, I just made those jokes, but also I say Alex because this is the person besides my partner that's with me the most in my life. <laughs> she sees everything that I fucking eat. She sees everything. But she'll like, you know, we'll come in and just be like, I need a fucking, I need two green juices today. Let's call, we got to call the place right now. Do you know? Yeah, like today's not a like tuna melt. Like today's not a tuna melt. <laughs> it's like I need some like energy. I just need a green juice. But that's loving my body too. That's listening and saying like, I feel these things. How can I feel better? What does it need to feel better? In this instance, it's green juice. And sometimes, you know, it's Anthony's. Sometimes it's a karma. You guys don't know these things. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's Anthony's deli. Is a sometimes it's a pizza shop. And sometimes it's a green juice. But I'm always listening. I'm always like, bitch, what you need? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> And most people, most people don't do that because they have got this preconceived notion. Like maybe they did, like maybe Alex actually did go through her entire workout program and all this kind of stuff and also said, well, I drink green drinks and I eat kale and I'm a vegan. So and there's nothing wrong with vegans, by the way. No. So she says all these things and then this woman goes home and does that and it doesn't work for her she and she's not doing the, the things day. that yes. makes her body feel good, but she's doing yes. it anyways. Yes, yes, yes. But I think that's probably what happens all the fucking all time. The time. And I'm sure you get a lot of clients at the gym where they're like, you know, maybe addicted to one kind of workout. I'm not knocking spin, but let's just say you get a client and they're just like addicted to spin. It's the only workout that they've done. But then they started to realize that it was hurting their hips or something. But they did it because they heard that that was the best way to lose weight. Also hypothetical. It must be like life changing for them to come to your gym and you're like, okay, well, based on this pain in your hip flexors, this is what we're going to focus on instead. Because let's say they're like, I want to tone my lower body, you know, and turns out like, well, girl, you got to work out other parts of your body, too. Yeah. And that's so this is where age comes to a factor, too. Like, so when we've been doing something our entire lives, so a lot of people come in and they're like they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and they were with their parents when they were younger at step aerobics classes and oh all these God, cardio yes. classes and all that kind of stuff. So they think cardio, cardio, cardio. So then they walk into my gym. And then I'm just like, hey, this is a barbell. And this is how you do a deadlift, a squat, and a bench press. And they're like, I can't do that. I'm like, yes, you can. And they're like, no, it'll make me big. It'll make me bulky. That's not the type of exercise that will make me. Because they have this, this preconceived idea that cardio is the way to do it. Because that's what they saw. Yeah. And so the older we get, the more stuck in our ways we are, in all honesty. Yeah. So it's trying to work with people to get them to understand and you don't do it in a day, unfortunately. It's not like a one-time, like, oh, come into my gym once, and all of a sudden, you'll be changed. Right. It's like a year later, they're like, oh, I get it now. I'm yeah. like, yeah. It's like you need to be able to do all these different things. Your body is changing. What worked for you when you were 25 isn't going to work for you when you're 35, 45, 55. And let's not even talk about, like, when you go through menopause and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, later on, there's, like, crazier hormonal things that happen to your body, and then you have to switch it all up again. Yeah. So. So it's getting people to understand that they might have to try something new and they might have to learn something new, even though they thought they knew it all before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talking about like menopause, I'm not sure if that's like something that you specialize in or know so much about, but how does that work? Like when our bodies start changing in that way, which is huge, because I feel like there's only a few times in your life where you have like enormous hormonal changes. Um, what do you usually see? Are people not able to like do certain workouts at that point it's not even that it's that they are doing certain workouts and they're doing things that have always worked for them and then all of a sudden they're gaining weight they're holding on to water weight like unnecessary water weight and they don't know why so it's issues with their they could be working out like so for instance my mom she's 65 now but when she went through menopause in her 50s she was a 
crazy athlete who would like go kayaking and then go for a run and then go for a bike and do all this kind of stuff. But then she started to gain weight, even though she was doing all those things. And so what we had to do is we had to switch and take all those cardio activities out. And she still obviously would go on her bike and be outdoors, but we had to get her into strength training because strength training was going to help and promote that fat burning for her that she wasn't used to. So it's just about switching it up and doing things that you haven't always been doing because hormones can be a bitch sometimes they can be phenomenal too yeah but they can be a bitch and you've got to kind of like figure out like okay that always worked it's not working now what's my next plan of attack and obviously talking to your doctor and doing all that kind of stuff getting blood work I ask people all the time they're like I don't know what's wrong with my body I'm like when's the last time you had blood work Mm -hmm. and it's not normal for a strength coach or personal trainer to ask you when the last time your blood work was but it's a huge factor in how you're going to be able to train yeah I love what you just said because like I don't like obviously I just spent this last hour talking about how much I don't work out but Kevin my partner like loves sports and like we watch lots of sports journalism and I've come to love like really respect athletes and really love to watch these things with him because there's a lot of things about life and about just peak peakness like what like being the best version of yourself whatever that means you can learn a lot from athletes and I love what you were just saying because there's a larger story to this in which as you know we all age there's things in our personalities or tools that we used to have to use that no longer serve us and in growing just as a person sometimes okay maybe this is personal because I'm dealing with this right now in transitioning through life like learning to drop the tools that I used to have to do to get me to where I am because they no longer serve me and learn new ones because I need to learn something else to get me through like the next whatever it is. And so what you were just saying is really like a greater picture in life in that we have to constantly be evolving, constantly be, you know, regulating and saying like, are these things still serving me? These tools that got me to where I am, is it still working? It's like cutlery, right? Maybe your Cuisinart set is uh, dull. Got to get a new one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that analogy. You know what I'm saying? I know. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in case they didn't, in case people weren't really picking up what I was putting down, you know what I mean? We all got a knife set and we all need a new one at some point. So the older I get and the more that I talk to women like you, I start to feel better about aging. Not that I ever was like terrified of it. I think I just never thought much of it. But now that I am in my 30s and time just goes by really fast, I'm like, before I know it, I'll be 40. You look at TV shows from the 80s and 90s and like a 40 year old woman looked so much older than 40 year old women now like they were painted to be these like older mature matronly women women you know and so which is why i think growing up i was just like 40s fucking old when like (laughs) obviously isn't and even if it was who cares but i think that getting older is really cool and that I'm excited about it. it instead of fearful of it. Yes. Well, and too, thank you for helping that. Yeah, dude. And also like, I mean, not to, I always have to bring it back to patriarchy, but it's the truth. Look, there's a reason people don't want us to be strong. And there's a reason that they call women who want to be strong, manly, or even today in the Olympics, you see like, if a girl's too fast, we got to check it. Does she have too many chromosomes? Is she really a man? Or, or too uh, much, or too, or too much or testosterone. Too, yes. Like, yeah. That's yes. what makes her fast. Yes. She is genetically gifted. She is a baller athlete. Right. Like you, are you, I was, I was pissed. Right. Yes, me too. Because it's like, you can be strong, but not too strong. Not too fucking strong. And it's just ways to keep us from rising to our full potential in all of these different ways. Because the reality of the situation is, I'm going to say it, 
we keep this shit rocking. Look, a bitch don't want to have a child, but we as women, we keep this planet fucking going. And at the end of the day, scientifically, yes, we need men. Yes, I love men. I've been with one. I always have to preface this. I, this isn't a man-hating speech. I love men. I've been with one for 13 <laughs> love years. Some dick. <laughs> love some dick. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the reality is that we don't fucking need them. We'll take their sperm, but we don't fucking need them. The lie is that we do, and the trick is keeping us like at this place where we need to keep like we too too weak to pick ourselves up too thin to be able to run away too all these things you know just all these things in which like we can't compete that just keep us you know as second class citizens and fuck it so i love i don't know i just love these conversations because we need to have them because fuck those girls sorry sorry to say fuck a little girl but fuck those little girls who called you you know manly or, or teased <laughs> you even though there's nothing wrong with being manly whatever because you're a strong bad bitch. You're a strong bad so bitch. I have That's to, awesome. I have to tell you, and I've never, and I've done podcasts and I've done speaking engagements and all this kind of stuff, but I've never told the true story behind the deadlift effect, but I feel like you guys need to hear like <gasps> yes. what, how, we, how, how I came up with it. So when I first moved to Florida, um, I'm from Vermont originally, and so I moved to Sarasota, Florida, and it's a, it's a very wealthy area. It's right on Siesta Key Beach, number one beach in the USA. So nice. And uh, um, I, st- I had never trained like the everyday person, the general population. And uh, I started training a lot of women who stayed home. So uh, maybe they were staying home with their kids or they just didn't have to work and they decided they were going to stay home and just have lunch and hang out and do whatever during the day. Cool. So they all started working out with me and I taught them how to squat, deadlift, and bench. And within six months, the majority of my clients started divorcing their husbands. Oh, Oh my God. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So oh we and they were in, which, and I didn't know, I didn't know this at the time, but they were in uh, abusive relationships, either emotionally wow. abusive, some physically abusive, verbally abusive. And they realized that they were stronger than their situation. So here they were, they weren't making their own money at the time. They were at home. They looked like they had the picturesque life, Mm -hmm. but really on the back end of it, they were absolutely miserable, but they never had the strength to get out of it. And so that's how we came up with the deadlift effect was this whole idea that becoming physically stronger, you can make stronger decisions for yourself in life and you can get out of the hard times. So that's the true story behind the deadlift effect. And so, but we like are very like, Sometimes we talk about it because my business partner, Christina, um, she's hilarious. She's like, like That's I don't know if we should tell people that we make people divorce. <laughs> like, how to get divorces, but. Uh... Especially when yes. you're like continuing to work with wealthy people. Totally. Like, in a somewhat conservative no, part of But you know what, dude? Here. I love that because she can find another rich guy who appreciates a strong bitch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that yeah. that and doesn't mean that's the end of men. That just means fuck this guy. <laughs> Let me find a guy who needs me, who appreciates me. Yeah. That's yeah, fucking beautiful, dude. Who's going to love you? Girl, God damn it. Let me go lift some fucking weights. Shit, these yeah. ladies. How come all my clients are getting divorced? I love and then you're like, it. oh, this was, is great. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I was so confused. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why is this happening? And I mean, I was in my early 20s. Like, I just got out of college. Totally. I like came down. I literally moved to Florida as my year off before med school. Like, I was planning to go to med school. I was going to take a year off and be a beach bum. I was going to personal train these people. Like, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Dude, oh my God, I'm out here just changing lives. <gasps> Holy shit. I really, dude, I love that. Really Thank you so much for sharing that. Do you love our us. reaction? I feel like we both I'm were like, oh my God. <laughs> Because it's true. It's true. I'm just all about, like, I just love women, and we're just so fucking strong. And, like, 
I don't know. My mom always told me that, like, she's like, well, your dad's a feminist. And like, the older I get, the more I'm just like, you are so right. That's why I'm so mad all the time. I got two feminists <laughs> raising me. You know what I mean? But it's, and so I, thank you. Thank you for telling us that. Thank you for doing what you do. Bad yeah. bitches unite on three. Oh One, two, God. three. Bad bitches unite. All right, fine. <laughs> if your husband's Ooh. a dick, <laughs> if your husband's a dick, go get trained by Liz. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, so my significant other, the father of my child, yeah. he is former military. He does, like, government contract work, mm -hmm. um, all this stuff. Like, the stereotypical alpha male, and he's yeah. such a feminist. It's great. Yeah, I was like, he's a daughter now, and he's like, yeah. she will be a legend. She can do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He's, like, raising her, like, Simba yeah. to the sky. <laughs> you can be anything you want. She's, like, a star. Everywhere the light milk. touches is all yours. I love it. No, he loves so and good. he loves The Lion King, and he, yeah. like, wants to get her on the Simba cam when we go to, like, like games, like, the best game and stuff. <laughs> so good. So, like, Oh dear God! Okay, whatever. Oh, yes. he's a more men like fan? that. Are you both more fans? feminist men? So we're actually both Patriots fans because he's it. from upstate New York. I'm from okay. Vermont. Um, <gasps> however, we do have Tom Brady and Gronkowski now say. down here. So that's cool, but weird at the same time to see them yeah. playing mm -hmm. for the Bucks. Yeah. You're like, I like that. I like your, you're just like, I don't know about this. You got the, the right guy, but like something's fucking off about this. Something smells fishy. Yeah, something's wrong. So he's a, he's a diehard uh, Brady fan to the point where he has the background of his computer has been Tom Brady for the past eight years. Dude, men, so. men Tom love Tom Brady. Love. If you love Tom Brady, they fucking love, or hate one or the other. It's like very, very strong, in very strong in one direction. I love that you're both Northeast people who like made it were down like, to Florida. Fuck the snow and cold. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Oh yeah, no, we literally. I mean, we met in college. This is if anyone ever. This is when Craigslist was a thing. Again, I have another story I have oh, to like tell. Oh, like meeting people. So yeah, we had. I ran track in college, and we had a girl on our track team who decided that she hated us all as roommates and was moving out of our house. And without telling us, she put an ad on Craigslist to sublet her bedroom. And uh, this guy uh, showed up? Chris had just gotten out of the Marines. He was a 24 year old freshman at the university of Vermont and responded to a Craigslist ad for a roommate <gasps> that, that said that female weird. roommate preferred. Now we had no idea. And he was like, it's fine. He's like, I really need a place. Let's just see if they go for it. And he shows up at our door, and we don't even know that the room is being subletted. Oh, my God. We have no idea. My God. Wow. This yeah. Is hilarious. And, and so hilarious. Well. Yeah, and here we are a decade later. We have a child. Exactly. So, it worked whatever. out well. It worked out well. How did you guys meet? Well, technically on Craigslist. I don't hate it. Look, we all met on Craigslist, right? I mean, that was, this was like, that was it. That was it. It was just Craigslist. Misconnections. Oh, my God. Um, I love that. Will you tell everybody where they can find you yeah, on the internet? If they want to find you IRL, if they want to find the app, all the things. Yeah. So if they, so hopefully we'll have a Scorch Fitness near you at some point, oh, uh, brick and mortar cool. wise. Yeah, cool. I'll be there. Yeah, so we you can find us at scorchfitness.com, and that is S-C-O-R-C-H. There's no T in it. People think that for some reason. So <laughs> scorchfitness.com. Uh, you can find a link to the app directly on our website there, or you can just go to scorchfitapp.com. So S-C-O-R-C-H-F-I-T-A-P-P.com. And then you can obviously find us on social media at ScorchFit, at ScorchSRQ, because that's our airport code, SRQ. So ScorchSRQ. Very cool. Our Instagram handle. Love it. Love it.
Hey. <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that. And I wonder if any of you can relate. Um, what has your journey been in life when it comes to fitness and exercise and working out? I know for some people it can be a little triggering to talk about things like this, but as we all get older, we can use exercise and fitness as a way to just keep our bodies fucking moving. Totally. Keep it moving. Keep it everything lubed up. Yeah. You know? I love that term, keeping everything lubed up. Today's the first day that I've heard this regarding our joints. And I know. It's we've been talking hilarious. about lubing our bodies a lot. Okay, you know, I guess it really means you're old when it's like, it's right? not about lubing up the dick. I know, lube it's up like the joints. It's like, lube up the joints so that you can ride the dick. Exactly. Uh, yes, exactly. My thoughts exactly, Shapiro, and I can't make the same joke that you just made, although that's where my brain was going. Love you. Dirty. Do you know, I was also thinking um, since getting off the call with Liz about how these female athletes right now are really taking a stand for their mental health, and they're really just taking everything that Liz was talking about, but taking it to the next level and being more than an athlete, but also using their platform to speak up about like, I'm not okay right now. I can't do this shit. So mm -hmm. fuck off. I think it's, it's incredible. It's a beautiful thing. It's unfortunate to see the backlash. It's unfortunate to see how hateful people are and how they're like, how dare you take time for yourself so that you can be your best you and perform, you know, the best. But this connection between... It all coming together, health, wellness, mental health, the physical body, just all of these different things that it takes to keep the shit rocking, keep you at your best, keep your mind functioning, keep your body functioning. It's all, it's it's all, all connected. connected. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. I love it. So I'd love to know what you guys think. I spent enough time talking about how my ass don't work out on this podcast episode. So maybe she will now. I'm gonna start leaving ankle weights at work. And I'll take. I'll, I'll walk. An, like... I'll walk an ankle weight to. Uh, I'll walk an ankle weight. I'll walk with ankle weights on my way to and from work. That's a good thirty minutes. Oh, there you go. Ain't no thing. Ain't no problem. Well, your walking already is a lot of exercise, honestly. And you know, we don't what? realize it here because we just walk everywhere. It's true, and I need to be kinder to myself yeah. because movement is movement. Movement it doesn't is, have to be. It's so intense. true. And one of my clients recently, who's also a fitness enthusiast was saying well what else have you tried have you tried pole and i was like pole i think that's something i got fucks with i could see you doing pole do you know what i mean shields and just sliding down just like move just moving my body in a way that i enjoy do you know yeah. what i mean because it makes you feel bop good. into lemonade on my own why not you know have somebody <gasps> tell me do you know how to you know maybe squeeze your abs in so you get a little more of a workout doing it speaking of you like bopping to music mm -hmm. everyone earlier today <laughs> I'm minding my own business, doing something on my phone. Elizabeth's on her laptop. While she's on her laptop, she just starts like singing a little, you know, just like kind of under her breath. I couldn't fully hear her. And she's singing that Drake song, Hotline Bling, <laughs> except she's like, uh, uh, Hotline Blinks. And I'm like, Hotline Blinks? I'm like, it's Hotline Bling. But she loves to be correct. First of all, and so wait, don't let this girl play you and pretend like I'm the boss bitch who loves to be correct. This is why Alex and I get along so well it's because we both play these games we both play it's these true. fucking games we call it 75 percenting because you're only 75 percent correct correct and you're only 75 percent sure that you're correct but you'll push it girl to 150 <laughs> i you'll do it push all the shit. time especially to kyle i do it knowing full fucking well that i may not be right but that whole just he thinks i'm very smart and he'll listen to me 
Anyway, I'm like, hotline blinks. It's hotline blink. She had my ass convinced that it wasn't hotline blink to the point that I almost believed her, but then she Googled I it. I almost, okay. And her mind was blown. But explain to them why you think it's hotline blink. And tell me why I, it shouldn't be hotline blinks. This makes the most goddamn sense, but I'm 100, so this is only going <laughs> to reach a certain demographic. But I'm thinking of like, you know, you call into the radio station and you see the line blinking up. So it's like hotline blinks. I see the hotline blink. They're all calling in for Drake. It makes sense. What the fuck? This song is also from is like, a what, hotline bling. Years ago. What is a hotline bling? What is it? It don't make no sense. Make it make it make sense, people. Tell me about it, cause I'm mad. I'm really truly <laughs> misheard right lyrics. Now. I just want to know if there's anyone else out there who never once looked at the name of the song, who never once <laughs> was like realized. I just want to know: is there anyone out there who thinks it was Hotline Blinks? And Maybe also, you're not alone. Tell me what the fuck Hotline Bling is. That's the number two because I'm mad. Because what I said makes goddamn sense. <laughs> this hotline bling. What's a hotline bling? Explain it. I have no idea. I don't really like Drake, so. Never thought too much about and it. And yet but... she knows the lyrics. I don't believe that for one <laughs> second. <laughs> Please write into us. Write into oh, us. Oh, man. Yeah, they can write in. That's not too old. Write they in. still type it and write. Oh, yeah. Um, well, P.O. you know where to find us. P.O. Box. <laughs> um, if you want to follow people, you should follow us on Instagram. You're also welcome to DM us at Podcast. We got some personal you can also ones. Email Tell us. Oh yeah, if you want to follow our personal Instagram, they do. Mine's boring as fuck, but it's Alex Lindley. A L I X L Y N L E Y. It's cute. I don't really post much on there, but I'm trying. I'm the brown Elizabeth Taylor. I'm going to keep saying it because y'all start to follow me. Yeah. And ain't shit there, but it makes me feel special. The brown Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Um, and then if you'd like to email us, it's truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys. You're like, oh, I just love it. It makes me feel so happy. Honestly, we love, mm-hmm. we love, it's, but it works. Do you know what I mean? When I get the letter, when I get the letter, when I get your when letter, I get letter, when I get the letter and I'm like, Shapiro, it's working. They love us. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. But more so that um, I'm joking. It's not that you love us. It's that you feel connected. It's that you guys feel connected to this greater community that is just badass Aww. bitches who give a shit about each other and are trying to make a better world it's and true. care about their skin too. It's true. Yeah. So um, thank you guys. I guess we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. This has been a COCBK production produced by us. Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro. Our engineer is Bart Tripoli. Our theme music composer is Zebra Sonic. Our artwork is by Garrett Ross. Our photos, hair, and makeup are by Sabrina and Joe Holdsworth. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com/ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Hold up. 